to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as John Morant on the court, my friend. He's an absolute legend. The guy puts in work day in, day out. He's one of the main reasons why the Grizzlies are where they are right now. And, Matt, he's a point guard. His words, amazing. He is truly the best ticket in sports right now. That two-handed block on the glass was absolutely nuts. And he does something like that every game. It's not just that it happens maybe once in a blue moon. It is every game he is defying gravity, being an acrobat with just this beautiful, beautiful basketball skill. I love it. I mean, I mean, Matt, they said Zion was going to be, you know, box office, you know, huge. The next big show. Sorry to say right now, Zion's at home playing 2K, and John Morant is the box office show of the NBA right now for young talent. Hey, man, you know everyone's comparing it to that uh, 07 draft with KD and, and Odom? Oh, so no. We're hoping that we don't get another one of those, but it's, it's looking that way at this point, right? Where the guy with the all-time talent and who was supposed to be heralded as the big next thing, it wasn't him, it was the second player in that draft. I mean, you got a point. Hopefully there's no curse that's happening. Hopefully history isn't repeating itself, Matt, because I don't want that. That wouldn't be fun. I don't want Dude, that. I really don't want it to repeat itself because, and if it is, they missed a step. We missed a LeBron James in there. If we're getting a KD <laughs> now, we missed a LeBron. Like, come on, guys. Look at this history. guy. I was thinking about LeBron over here. But talking about curses, Matt, apparently I let the Bulls down. You know, a 2-2 week for them after the absolute tear they've been going on. Uh, I don't know what to say, Matt. You know, Caruso is still out with injuries, so the Bulb Mamba hasn't been playing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame it on that specifically. Dude, they did have a, a little bit of a tougher week, especially with the Nets. When you predicted 4-0, that was gonna be a tough one, especially because the I mean, Nets had all big three in. I wasn't expecting Kyrie to be playing at that point, so like that's that's part partially not my fault for sure. <laughs> hey, man, you should you should have known better. You should have known better done your research on the, I mean, on the vaccines and, and where he can and can't play and stuff you know <laughs> i mean you got a valid point especially with james harden coming out you know being that stealth ninja i'm just gonna vaccine i'm gonna i'm gonna get him myself you know the, the memes online oh they've been <laughs> so good i love it you know james harden for mvp if he can somehow give Kyrie the vaccine that, that's what i'm saying that's what everybody's actually saying. they'd win the championship pretty easily if all three could play together uh, Gosh, man geez. you were wrong but so was i um, you know, those 49ers, six straight wins over the Rams. They pulled it out in overtime. I really thought Sean McVay was going to get this one, uh, but he couldn't. It didn't cost him, though, because the, the Cardinals did end up losing. So they're still in that, that pole position in the NFC West. Um, but three of those teams made it into the playoffs, and all three are scary, man. Man, you were expecting hopefully a nice, simple, easy time. The Colts could make it simple for everybody, but not today. That didn't happen, and what a wild weekend it turned into. Man, we were talking about it last week, and I was like, you know, the most likely outcome, but because it's the NFL, it's probably going to be wild, <laughs> and it it was. Yep. As I was watching that game unfold, and the the Jags were just soundly beating them, and the Colts just couldn't get it together. Jonathan Taylor couldn't run the ball. The offensive line couldn't move the defensive no. line for the Jags. It was nuts. And it would have been a bigger blowout. Like, the score was 26-11. It would have been 26-3 had they not scored a last-minute touchdown. They scored a touchdown with, like, under five minutes to go in the game and got a two-point conversion. Like, big deal. Con congratulations. You know, some extra points just to make the fans feel good. But, uh, no, no. Big, big I, pain. 
you know, that's a that's a big big blunder by the Colts to not make the playoffs. But I think the bigger blunder of the weekend might be uh, Joe Staley and the and the Chargers. Did you see what happened to them? I definitely was paying attention because it's kind of hilarious. Like, I feel bad, man. The conversations were happening and it was there. Apparently, the Raiders are talking about just tying the game so both <laughs> of them can get into the playoffs. They're like, you know, we don't necessarily need to win. We just need a tie. They need a tie. They're not going to try and beat us. Oh, so let's just be nice. And then he called the timeout and they thought to themselves, oh, this guy's trying to win the game still. He's trying to beat us. And so they were like, no, no, no. We're going to beat you. Yep, Go down, yep. kick a field goal, knock them out of the playoffs. Yikes. And were, and were they in OT as well already yeah, at that point? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. man, everybody at home was like, sick, we good. Everyone's pouring their next drink. They're excited. They're so happy. And then, wait a second, what? Like, out of nowhere. Like, you know, good for them getting the win. You know, especially if, if, if what you say is, like, if they're going to call a timeout, it's like, hold up, hold up. That's not okay. Like, Apparently he was just trying to sub in players, too, to stop oh. the run because they've been a bad run defense all year. Um, but... <sighs> You know, the Raiders took it a certain way, and that that's what happens. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. I mean, when you're riding that fine line of trying to get a tie in professional sports, it's going to be difficult. They're going to have these moments, and, like, Matt, you're a head coach of any team. You put yourself in any situation. If you have the chance to get a W, regardless of oh, get it. what's been going on, you're getting that W, so, like... Yeah, Pittsburgh are. Steelers fans across the world and the Pittsburgh Steelers rejoiced when they saw that, especially with the New England loss too, to the Miami Dolphins, which was kind of unexpected. We got the New England-Buffalo matchup that we've been wanting for the playoffs. The playoff bracket is set. Um, do you want to go through it and predict it with me here, Kevin? I, I'm or... definitely in because I'm excited, honestly. Looking at these, this, this wild card weekend coming up, there's some really cool matches looking forward to. Well, if you want, I can go through it fast uh, with my predictions because I think, you know, Kansas City is going to beat Pittsburgh. That's that's a pretty easy dub. Uh, Buffalo might have some problems with New England, but I expect them to win. And I'm going to call the, the Raiders beating Cincinnati in an upset. Uh, Cincinnati hasn't won in a long time, but this is a completely different team. Joe Burrows is, is awesome. Uh, Jamar Chase is unreal. They can score touchdowns from anywhere on the field, which is probably the most dangerous thing. Um, in the NFL playoffs, but I think the Raiders have been through too much this year. Derek Carr has dragged this team into the playoffs on his back, um, and they get to the next round for him. And, but, I mean, this right here is what I'm talking about, of, like, great storylines regardless of the matchup win, right? Because both of these teams, you know, one team just absolutely struggle the things they've been through this season. The other team, a franchise struggle that they've been through. So, like, I I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. It's absolutely going to be exciting. But that would put us to the Tennessee versus Raiders the next weekend, Kansas City versus Buffalo. Um, I'll take Tennessee and Kansas City in that for my AFC championship game. And I'll take Kansas City to make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC, man. You think you think I'm right? You think I'm wrong? I mean, you were making that comment earlier about Steelers fans being happy, and I was like, how are they happy? Their first-round matchup is the Chiefs, who are going to win that game. So, like, I'm with you, Matt. I'm pretty much on board. The Chiefs are hitting it at the right time they're ready Mahomes remembers what happened last season he was this close to glory once again if the cards line up why not right if they win the Super Bowl this year that'll be two out of three years winning the Super Bowl it would be nuts and three straight years in the Super Bowl uh be phenomenal for me but you know they still have that NFC to deal with yeah. Green Bay Packers getting a bye Tampa versus the Eagles 
I've been back and forth on this one, Kevin. I don't know how to pick it because I think the Eagles have the offense to beat Tampa Bay. If they run the ball, control the clock, keep Tom Brady off the field, maybe they can win this. But I think I'm going with the Bucs. But then let's also not forget, right, for the Eagles side of things, like anyone who's been listening, we've been talking about the Eagles for weeks. They're just that team that's been there. They snuck in because of a tie over the Saints. Right, like it, yeah. it's 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 kind of like this whole storyline that's building up for this Eagles team is to like to be the team that nobody thinks about, nobody really expects anything of, sneaks their way into the playoffs and knocks out defending champions. That would be unreal. But of course, yeah, you got to go with Tom Brady. You can't bet against Tom Brady at this point. Where I'm sitting at this point, man, is last year I picked against him in every single week, <laughs> and I was wrong. So maybe if I pick with him. I'll be wrong, and he'll be out. So well, maybe, me and then maybe even if you start by picking with him one week, he won't like the the, the rage won't be there, and then the rest of your picks will hopefully work out the way that you want. You know, there's a lot of mojo Very that fair. we're playing with here. Yeah, <laughs> trying to make sure we get the right stuff cooking for the curse. Oh my god, so uh, I'm, true, Matt. I'm definitely taking the 49ers over Dallas, though, man. Dallas has not been playing well of late. Yes, they blew out the Eagles in Game 17 when uh, or Game. Yeah, 17, where the Eagles didn't play anybody. Yes, they beat Washington the week before. Again, that's Washington. They love to beat up on the NFC East. They are not great against everybody else. I'll take the 49ers. Um, And I'm going to take the Rams over the Cardinals just because Stafford needs this. If he doesn't win this game, it's going to be an offseason from H-E double hockey sticks. Like, it's going to be brutal for him, man. Yeah. You know, my, my favorite part about, like, your picks and these things is, like, if you if you put these matchups up in, like, week two, week three, week four, like, you're probably flipping and going the other way. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, it's the classic, what have you done for me right now in Lately. football? And so that, that's what I'm seeing here from your picks. Oh, yeah, man. I, I feel like that's just how it has to be. Like, I probably would have taken the Cardinals a little bit early on over the Rams, but... Right Again, now, no. not at this point. They're stumbling. The Rams are, are kind of figuring it out. Um, I don't love the fact that everyone's calling Matthew Stafford the best fourth quarter comeback or fourth quarter quarterback in the league right now because that's what the stats say over this year. Um, he also threw the most pick sixes in the NFL this year. So uh, get the good with the bad with Matthew Stafford. Um, that's why I'm going to take Green Bay against them in the next round. Um, and I'll take Dallas actually over Tampa Bay. They lost in week one. I think they get their revenge setting up a Green Bay-Dallas uh, NFC Championship game where I got Green Bay coming out. So my Super Bowl is Green Bay-Kansas City. I think that's reasonable. The expectations of what I was, you know, expecting from you at this point, like that's that's what a lot of people are putting Safe. down right now. But there's good, re- there's good reason to do it. And, like, I'm excited because I'm going to see where my mojo is in a little bit of times here now and see if I still have any magical power from last season's historic... NFL playoff run that somehow I went on yeah. um, but it's going to be fun man I'm excited honestly like playoff football you know the NFL is always in a good place this time of year and fans are getting really excited absolutely man and again anything could happen it is the NFL um, you know any given Sunday it's just a one game winner take all knockout um, and I definitely went with my logical picks here like I didn't necessarily go gut feel I was you know fighting the gut feeling for the logical bones in my body um, just because they're typically correct, even though it didn't serve me well last week. You know, I went with the logic. It was wrong. <laughs> yeah, but last week was different, right? This is like, stakes are like a lot higher, obviously. And 
you know, you're going to listen to the math in week one, and if it lets you down, you go, you get a couple more weeks to then flip back to your heart and see if you can go with it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I think that's really it for the playoffs, though, man. Uh, we set it all up. I do have Kansas City winning that Super Bowl again. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is going to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in it. Just, he's going to be a dynasty. I mean, there's no reason why it wouldn't happen, right? At this point in time, we can all see it. So, I mean, I look forward to the weeks ahead and the the wonderful magic that we're going to get to see. And Patrick Mahomes is not only fantastic in the regular season, but he somehow elevates in the playoffs. I've never seen a quarterback be that good in the regular season and somehow get better in the playoffs. Normally they get worse. Like, if you look at Brady and Peyton Manning's stats from regular season to playoff, they dip. Marino, they dip. Aikman, they dip. Mahomes, just as good, if not better. I mean, he's still got that young energy, that young fire in him, so let's hope that that's, like, making the statistics work that way. But again, if we're potentially talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, we, we know what goats can do in any type of sport. So, like, it, it's going to be wild for sure. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, do you want to just kind of skim over the NHL? You know, they're postponing games left, right, and center still. I think they've had, like, two ga- two days in the last, like, month of the season where they haven't had to postpone games, but those are games with two on the schedule. Um, so anytime they have more than three, they're postponing one. Uh, I did see that Matthews is creeping back up there in goals, man. I told you, sneaky dark horse, 24 goals, 32 games. Though Drysaddle hasn't played since January 5th. It's a, it's a wild time, right? Like, I, I keep thinking to myself, like, is it because they're playing in a cold arena that they're everyone's sick and they are not able to play games? Or is there, is it also the fact that there's just so many Canadian teams and, you know, with the rules of everything that's going on, like, people are, are suddenly realizing, wait, there's no fans at the Toronto Raptors games? What's going on here? Like... You know, so it's crazy. It's a money grab. It's a money grab specifically for the NHL. Okay. The NBA doesn't necessarily have that stake in Canada, so they don't have to postpone the Raptors games. Missing out on the one team's revenue isn't as massive as missing out on eight teams' revenue in a 32-team league. You're missing about a quarter, 25%. So So they're trying to postpone those games, trying to make them later in the year when maybe Omicron is gone uh, or dipped a little bit, and then people can come back into the buildings. But at this point... Uh, that's just what it is, man. It's postponing games. Montreal last, lost last night. Arizona Let's won, go. so they're officially in last place. Let's go, Shane Wright, Connor Bedard. I want both of them. Let's go. Um, if you don't know, this podcast is on the super tank train for the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens. We would like them to not only be bad, but be very bad. Um, so, you know, we're just we're always happy for a little bit of success on that train at this moment. Yeah. I mean, if they're competitive, like, that's cool too, but... Losing is probably beneficial for them at this point. Classic. You know, I would love a nice, clean, competitive game, but if we could just lose by one goal every time, yeah. that'd be amazing. I'm totally Four, not. three losses would be <laughs> the best. If I could see, I don't know, like 60 more, four, three losses, great. Because that means we're scoring goals. We're just yep. making bad, bad plays defensively every now and again and having gaps. That's okay. You know, we can get that out of the out of the game. Just losing like 5-1 and 4 nothing every single game is a little disheartening. Yeah, no blowouts, please. We don't need that. We want to have fun while we enjoy our sports content over here, so no thank you. Exactly. <laughs> all right, man. Anything else or is it basketball time? Nah, man. It's all about basketball. You know what it is. Oh, perfect. Well, it was a weird week, exciting week. It's, it's coming down to the wire now. We've got All-Star Weekend like a month 
away at this point in time. So that's the conversation. We got a couple of big injuries to talk about. We've got some big trade market rumors. We got some more trades. Matt knows I'm always excited about trades because they've been so little this season. But first things first, we got to talk about Dame. Obviously, huge star, big deal. Portland is, I'm sorry, they're what, 16 and 24 at this point in time successful abdominal surgery yeah so you know we're happy for him he's feeling good Matt there's there's a report that somebody asked him how he's feeling right now and there's reports where Dame's like oh I'm feeling good and I'm like this man just had surgery does that mean that there's like a reporter walking in and he's just like in the hospital in a gurney just like chilling there and he's like yeah I'm doing fine I'm good like (laughs) what like this man just had surgery like I'm sure he's doing okay we don't need to be asking him at this point in time yeah who knows man I don't know how that happened but (laughs) So I'm glad like, that he's doing well. Yeah, exactly. But like the we're gonna we'll get into it in the trade market because Portland has to make some serious decisions because their season is falling apart at this point in time. And with him being gone for potentially five to six weeks, I'm sorry, there's no playoffs for Portland this year. There's just no way I can feasibly see it happening at this point in time without Dame. Like, you know, Anthony Simons has been great. Like I've loved him as a fantasy pickup. He's been absolutely balling obviously norman powell who's been doing really good but he's going into a a contract year so like you know maybe they're going to be moving him at the deadline and i mean i don't know what's happened to cj i haven't followed up with him since he had a collapsed lung in october so this team falling apart in my opinion man man they're they're 100 already torn apart i think um this will be the first season since 2012 2013 dame's rookie year that they haven't made the playoffs Um, So it'll be his second time in his career that he doesn't make the playoffs. Um, I think that's a sign that you need to blow it up. Because, yeah, he wasn't even necessarily the most prolific rookie. Um, He obviously kept getting better and kept getting better. Um, That's who he is and and the product that he made himself. But at this point, he's made himself into the player that, you know, he is. And there's only so much that he can do on the court. He carries a huge load when he's out there. And they're still bad. So I think it's time to blow it up. I mean, I would probably like to see it at this point in time, right? Like, especially for our boy Norm, because, like, he probably deserves to get paid at this point in time. And so, like, if they're going to blow it he up, got they paid. need... Oh, yeah, you're... you're this right. last offseason. Uh, okay, so I'm forgetting about that. So even on the other side of things, the fact that he did get paid, he deserves to, you know, either have, you know, a rebuild around him, maybe, potentially. That's, mm. That'd be fun to see. No, you move him, hopefully, you get some young assets, but... I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do because, like, there's a lot of names being moved around. There's a lot of potential right now. And so we're looking at a trade deadline that could see some big names move around. Let's not forget that the Ben Simmons rumors are heating up and the fact that, I'm sorry, that trade probably could have happened a while ago, except now maybe it will be for Dame. It might never happen. That's what some people are saying. Like, it might not even happen before the deadline and he's stuck on the the 76ers uh for the rest of the season um yeah it's a crazy time you're right norm powell definitely is gonna have to get out of portland um your boy anthony simons that you mentioned he's kind of taken powell's spot at this point um and he's the younger player has the more potential to grow um so you're gonna get rid of norm but they did give us gary trent jr and what a second round pick last year yeah so trying to get that back for norm powell is gonna be tough uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's going to be a wild trade deadline. I know a lot of teams are looking at Gary Trent Jr., but Lakers, we're not taking Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and a 2027 first-round pick for him. It's just not even feasible for us to even think about. 
One, the 2027 first round pick won't be viable till 2030, 2031, maybe when he's finally a decent NBA player and contributing to a winning culture. Yeah. We got Scotty now. Scotty's going to be 11 seasons in, into the NBA. No, thank you. Gary Trent fits me, our timeline. It makes me very happy because, you know, we're throwing a little rapper's chat here. It makes me very happy that all the rumors that I'm hearing is that because of the current of the win streak that the Raptors went on, um, the front office is thinking, hey, we're going to stand pat. We're not going to make any decisions. We're going to let this rebuild that we're already on play out. And it makes me happy because I don't want to lose anybody like I'll talk about it later. Like maybe Boucher is going to move. Like obviously who knows what's going to happen with the dragon with Dragic and like, you know, we've got Flynn, we've got Isaac Bongo. We've got a couple of names, like small players that we could send out. But like my fear is that Utah gets thrown into one of those trades and I don't want that to happen. I want him to come back on a short contract, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, Matt. A lot of Raptors chat here when there's still so many other trade markets to do. Do you want to talk about Philadelphia? Do you want to talk about the bulls? Like what, what really pulls you right now? Well, I think we got to talk about the other trade that happened but didn't happen, the Bull Bull trade, man. Um, the guy apparently failed his physical, still got some lingering issues from a foot injury that I think happened back in, like, 2019. Um, so it's been a long journey for Bull Bull. That's brutal for him, though, man. Like, do you think it's he'll ever one. get his NBA career together? Because he looks like a star sometimes when he plays. It makes me It makes me sad because, like, all the articles that came out after this trade were like, Bull Bull is finally unleashed. He's finally let out of his cage. He's going to have an opportunity. And then right back in. You know what I mean? And the guy has had sparks. He's had great moments. And he's a he's a beast. Like, I remember i pretty sure I showed Allison once. And I was joking. I was like, you know, if they just get him to a point, they give him the ball, he can just kind of like whoop and just put it in the bucket and nobody can stop him. Like, you might have to get, like, um, you know, Boyan from the Mavs maybe to, to put up a defense against him. But, like, unfortunately injuries you know we've seen it it can limit your potential it can limit your opportunity and right now it's doing all of that for Bobo. so sad man because he definitely has some some pretty good potential <sighs> Sag. all right so nick's hawk trade before we get into the trade rumors the one that actually the, happened the one that i, I know we're i'm speculating over here about all the things that i want to see happen and we actually had trades and i should be excited about it but yeah this nick's hawk trade Really interesting, two teams that are middling right now, I'd say, in the Eastern Conference, and a trade that doesn't affect their teams ag aggressively, I want to say, can be an upgrade on both sides, but is like such a back and forth in the NBA community right now of who won, who lost, but the big names are obviously Kevin Knox and Cam Reddish swapping teams between the Knicks and the Hawks. Yeah, I, th I think... It was crazy for me to, to find out that Kevin Knox is only like 21 days older than Cam Reddish, having a full extra season. Um, you know, looking at their stats, seeing that if you look at Kevin Knox's rookie stats, that's better than anything Cam Reddish has ever done in the NBA. Um, the fact that his opportunity has decreased, the fact that they switched him from power forward to small forward as his opportunity has decreased and his potential yeah. has decreased. Um, so maybe Atlanta can put him at the four, uh, but they've got Collins, they've got Danilo, um, so it's going to be tough to get him into that rotation. Um, I think I think the Knicks won, but if Kevin Knox can tap into the potential that he showed in his rookie season and bust out in Atlanta, it might just be a win-win. So I, I agree with you. Let's start with the Knicks because then we can move to the Hawks and talk about the trade market because there's still a lot going on with there. 
everyone's saying the Knicks have won right now. That's like the current conversation. But I think over the next few days, that's going to change. I think especially over the next few seasons, that will change. The Knicks are 21 and 21, right? They're a team that went and was extremely relevant last season. The fans loved it. They had a top four seed. And now they're in that place of just like, man, are we even going to make the playoffs? Are we going to be in the play-in, right? And so Mm -hmm. getting, getting Kevin Knox off your roster... A player who is not a part of the rotation is not really playing right now. Let's be honest with the way that they want to do five minutes things. per game. You know what I'm saying, right? Um, and to get Cam Reddish, who arguably was extremely important in my opinion to the run that the Hawks went on last season, the Hawks are trying to figure out what they want to do, and Reddish hasn't been great this season in the time that he has gotten to play. So flipping these players, I think, works out really well. The Knicks get a 2025 20, second, right? And Solon Hill, who isn't going to play because he's got a torn hamstring and he's out for the season, right? Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, the Knicks get an opportunity to look at what Knox was supposed to be and get a player to replace him that, if you pick the two right now, is the one that people think have more potential to be better. But that's mostly just because Knox, I guess, doesn't have opportunity. So I think it's a really interesting trade, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Dude, I mean, you're talking about a player in Cam Reddish who's averaging 24 points or 24 minutes a game when he's on the court um, versus a guy who's averaging eight and a half minutes so it's all about opportunity Um, a guy who's attempting you know 10 shots a game versus a guy who's attempting three shots a game Um, you're gonna average more points when you attempt seven extra shots a game Um, and the coaching staff gives you confidence to shoot the the players around you are telling you to shoot you know Kevin Knox really just had a fall from grace I remember when he dominated the summer league and you know the Knicks fans thought that they got that player that they nailed the pick Um, and then all of a sudden he's just kind of fallen from grace because he hasn't really broken out and developed the way that they wanted him to Um, but that could have to do with the New York media put bearing down on him it could happen with so many different things doesn't help with the Porzingis drama that was going on for years with the Knicks right like exactly so you've you've got a player who he might be some damaged goods now but you ended up getting him for a relatively low price, and you got a, a first-round pick. Yes, it's protected from Charlotte, but it's still in there. And you didn't have to give up much. A player that probably wasn't going to figure into your rotation. You know, yep. you talk about Cam Rush being good, but Daniel Hunter's good. Daniel Gallinari's good. Um, we already mentioned Clint Capella, John Collins. Like, they've, they've got bigs. Um, so they don't necessarily need him um, in and- the spot that he is. And Cam Reddish is looking for an extension this offseason. And the Knicks are in a position where, depending on where their season goes, he could be a piece to build around if they decide to flip Randall, right? If they decide to go to a rebuild. But also, he is a kid that they could pay to be a main part of their rotation if he comes out and has the opportunity to play alongside RJ, right? Because they have history together. So definitely for the Knicks, in my opinion, I think it's a win. I think it's a good decision. The Hawks will be more interesting depending on a lot of factors, which if you're down, we can talk about now. Well, of course, man, because what they can also do with that first-round pick with the Kevin Knox is they can package him as a part of a deal um, to a different team, and maybe you're not asking for as much back as if you package Cam Reddish with a Danilo Gallinari, right? Getting Cam Reddish and Danilo, you might be asking for a little bit more than a Kevin Knox and a Danilo. So it might make it an easier trade for them. I've heard so many things out of Atlanta right now. Matt, I mean, I mentioned it last week. Obviously, I brought up the Jeremy Grant thing, but, like, apparently John Collins isn't happy, and Atlanta doesn't want to pay him. 
It doesn't surprise me with Cam Reddish getting shipped out. If they don't want to pay John Collins, they probably don't want to pay Cam Reddish, right? So yeah. I'm really interested to see where this Hawks team goes. I was really high on them. I was I was really expecting more out of them than what we've seen this season, obviously. Like they're seventeen and twenty-three. Like this is the start of their trade season right now. There's no way that it's the end of it. Dude, 100%. Like, they are nowhere near where they thought they would be. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Um, so they haven't been playing great late. They're dropping in the standings. People expected them to be a top five seed in the Eastern Conference, at least. And win. it's not even close to that. Apparently, they're all open for business. I don't... Yeah, it's going to be wild, man. Do you think the Raptors should go after a player like John Collins? I mean, I would love John Collins on our roster. The The question is the defense. But the thing is, we have so much defense. And if he could be a true lob threat in a lot of ways, he'd fit in really well. See, you say that about our defense, but it's crazy to me that we're the 19th rated defense in the NBA. Yeah. you know what offense we are? Fourth? Tenth. Fifth? 10 yeah. okay so uh, not great right. but <laughs> not great. dude considering team. considering we're only what 20 and 18 like that's not bad <laughs> and like if you break it down smaller like some of the some of the some of what i've seen watching recently when we went on that big win when we had our players healthy when we were playing at peak raptors basketball we're way above those numbers, obviously, right? So it it is really interesting. But yeah, I didn't know that we were 19th in defense. That hurts me inside. That shouldn't be right. We're behind the Lakers. The Lakers are 18th. It was it's sad, don't, man. I don't want to hear these words coming out of your mouth. The old Lakers you can't defend. Though LeBron James has been on an absolute tear, and they're still losing games. Absolute tear. But just to bring it back to the Hawks if there's anything else that you really want to bring up I'm just interested to see where it goes because obviously Gallinari again I'll say it was a mistake trade him find a way to make it work if you have to do a rebuild here and get a couple of young tools around Capella and Trey the untouchables go for it it's not the end of the world Trey Young is so so young and you were that close you'll be back if you do it right so I'm interested to see what the Hawks will do. I hope it works out because I'd like to see them. But again, they're an Eastern Conference team. So if they're not doing well, I can't be super upset because it means that it's a team that the Raptors don't have to contend with, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I think we're good to move on from Atlanta. They've got too many options, too many possibilities to talk about. Um, so where do you want to go next? Okay, well, we talked about Portland. So basically that leaves us with three options left, really. Uh, in Philadelphia, Boston, or Indiana. So, in my opinion, I want to talk about Simmons first because I feel like we can get it out of the way quickly because we mentioned the fact that it's probably not happening, and if it does, uh, I just I don't know how. I don't even want to talk about him, man. Like, I feel <laughs> like he's the most unlikable person in the NBA. You, you are a supremely talented athlete getting paid supreme money, and you have a problem with the organization because they want you to change one aspect of your game that you're unwilling to work on, you're unwilling okay. to go to work at. Just get out. Like, so, I don't know if any team would want him in the NBA. Like, even if you were a good team, do you think you can win a championship with him? I think the answer okay. is no. 
I think I agree with you. And so let's not talk about him then. Let's talk about the fact that Tobias Harris has been included because from a guy who's not great to a very, very nice guy, a good leader, a great locker room personality who has a, a massive contract, who I don't know who, if you do trade both oh, Simmons and Tobias together. Like 90 like, plus mil. So let's talk about Tobias a little and like, is there a spot for him? Could there be a spot for him? Is this just a way for somebody to hopefully pick up Simmons by getting Tobias with it? Like, what do you get out of hearing that Tobias is now available? I think it's it's honestly just so that they can get rid of Simmons and that contract. Because Tobias is a really nice player, but he's not worth that kind of contract. Um, and unfortunately, he doesn't seem to be having it with the the Sixers fans you see that the other game where he told them to shut the yep. f up or stop oh, it yeah. stop effing clapping because yeah, uh they were booing him earlier in the game and he's like no nah, now that I'm good you guys can't be cheering for me <laughs> so I mean those, those Philly fans are mean man that's why Ben Simmons is really kind of trying to get out of there right because they yeah. ate him alive after what happened in last year's playoffs so it's a tough one for me man but I just like the 76ers are decent the way that they are they're going to have to blow it up and find new pieces. And they're going to have to find new pieces right now because Joel Embiid is not getting any younger and not getting yeah. any more durable. I mean, I think you nailed it there, honestly. I think it is the idea of trying to trick one of these young teams with lots of cap space to say, okay, we'll go on Simmons and then we'll find a trade partner for Tobias. But yeah, let's move past. Let's talk about Boston really quickly just to, just to rip on Boston a little bit because they're not great. Like, they have a better record than us, do they? No, they don't. 21 and 21. They're 5 and 5 in their last 10. Six. See, Boston sucks, all right? But they're in this weird place where they, they've they decided that the Jays are still the answer. The The rumors that I'm hearing, at least, are that they don't want to move Jalen, they don't want to move Jason, but they want to be active at this deadline to try to retool a little bit around these two because it's not working out. I hear that Truder is 100% on the move because they don't want to pay the tax for him, which is interesting considering they just took a random you know runner on Donut Truder from the Lakers, and it has turned out not great for them so what's your thoughts on boston right now my thoughts are for a team that went to the eastern conference final in uh, jason tatum's rookie season without kyrie irving after losing kyrie irving this yeah. is wild that they have fallen so far that these two great great young players i mean if the raptors had these two players on their roster oh, and we, we were we were this bad I would be furious at the general manager because these guys can drop 30 points in a game whenever they want. 40. They can play defense with the best of them in the league and they're two wing players. Like it's, I, I don't understand. I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know how much the auxiliary pieces are going to change the dynamic of their team when that's the main component. So I think they, they're going to have to break them up if they really want to get it. And potentially getting Simmons might help the Celtics. It's such an interesting thought as well because, like, those teams hate each other. Philly yep. and Boston, they are... And, like, to make a trade where the Celtics are giving a good, great player to Philly for somebody who doesn't want to be in Philly, I just... I don't see how the... like. Anyone Boston who runs those like friends, yeah, I just don't see how Boston in general can like wipe their hands clean of that and feel okay with what they've done. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. So, like, it's it, it's an interesting thought, and, and I and I agree with you that I don't know what Boston does, and like I I am expecting like 
maybe we're going to look to them to try to find a Damian Lillard trade. Not that that could ever happen, you know what I mean? But, like, maybe they're going to find a way to sell the bag, get a big superstar, a Bradley Beal-esque player to go with these two, and then just accept whatever you have, retool in the offseason, and come back swinging next year. Like, maybe that's the answer, but I just don't know how Boston does it. If I was Portland, I'd push a Dame trade for to Boston. I would go after uh, Jalen Brown yeah, and, I'd, and maybe a first-round pick. Because theoretically, Lillard's value is higher in most NBA personnel's eyes, right? Because he's yeah. such a, a heavily regarded talent in terms of what he can do. Like, he's one of the only shooters in the league yeah. that can pull up from where he does, and, and you're okay with it. So getting him and Jason Tatum on that roster, and they're different. They're very, very different players, even though they're both scorers. That would be a better mix, and they could yes. build around Brown and Anthony Simons in Portland. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's a good trade. I mean, that's definitely. I appreciate that you found a way to make it work when I just threw a Dame randomly. But like, this is this is what I'm saying. Like, you know, Boston has to be just like sitting in the back room, like pulling anything they can potentially think about because they have realized which is something they should have realized a couple years ago that you know it's not working something's not right maybe marcus smart is finally going to get moved because of the presence that he is because like i don't want to say that like he's one of the main reasons that there's been so much locker room confrontation but like he's had problems with the the jays and the jays are the quote-unquote franchise right now for the celtics so there's definitely going to be moves like everyone hates boston though so i don't know who they trade with (laughs) Man, I have no idea who they're going to trade with. They'll probably find somebody, but I've never seen a franchise be so good, have so many high draft picks and opportunities at high draft picks, being a good team, and just not be able to put anything together. Just brutal for them. Kind of funny for us. Um, I guess that leaves us with like the last team that's like really wanting to to blow it up. Um, the Pacers. They've got to blow it up. They've been winning some games lately. I think they beat the Lakers the other day, too. Um, but still, that roster isn't going anywhere. Sabonis, Turner, Brogdon, Levert, they need to just disperse. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times because we've talked about which of these pieces we could pull to the Raptors, right? And well, I mean, I mentioned that at the beginning of the season when I gave my predictions, when I was like, Matt, the Pacers are going to be bad. And you were like, oh, and I was like, it's because they're going to fire sale. Well, guess what? We've arrived. We're here. We're exactly where the Orlando Magic were last season. And guess what? The Orlando Magic are, I'm sorry, they've had seven wins, is it? Seven wins, and they're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Their rebuild is is going great. Cole Anthony has had such a good time on that team, refreshing himself. So, Pacers, listen to me. Go out of the Magic route. Just do it get some assets there are so many teams out there right now that want to make a move because the nba is in such a is a parody moment right there's so many teams that are this close to being able to contend right the bulls will probably make a trade for anything at this point in time to 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 figure it out with the injuries and the fact that they are the top of the east so pacers please just fire yourself just do it man you know they're asking apparently a lot for karis levert they want multiple firsts or star one of Turner or Sabonis has to move. I just don't see how you can keep running it. Like, the Cavs are the only successful iteration of running tall ball in the NBA, but they also have Evan Mobley, who is so good at basketball. So it's like, the Pacers, they have to fire sale, Matt. That's all I see. Yeah, I think you're you're 100% right. Um, I had them as a little bit of a better team than you. Um, that's for sure. But um, they're, they're bad. And it's not necessarily that they don't have 
the right pieces to be a competitive roster because they do right you like you flip in some pieces here and there if they're all fully yep. healthy turner sabonis brogdon lavert they're all really good players um they haven't had tj warren for extended stretch after that bubble that performance that he put on he hasn't yeah, really been true. healthy um so it, it just come to that time where you can middle around for years and be at the bottom of the lottery, maybe just outside the lottery and be respectable because you make the playoffs every couple of years and you don't have these huge playoff droughts, or you could tank and try to be good. Um, purgatory in sports is that middle ground, man. And at the end of the day, I, I think you're either wanting to be on one end of the ledger or the other. And I, I remember reading a random comment from, like, a true Pacers fans, like, a year ago, and I'm pretty sure I brought it up on this pod with you, the fact that, like, this team can't afford not to be relevant. They can't afford to go through, like, a true rebuild. So I like that you bring up the comments of, you know, they could retool and be good, and that's why maybe don't do a full fire sale. Like, do a full fire sale if you can survive for the five years it's going to take you to become relevant. But, like, you need to move a couple pieces around because your record shows that it's not working with what you have. So whether you move two guys three guys all five of those guys that are potentially up and available we'll see but there's no way the Pacers don't make a move with the amount of activity the amount of teams that want players right now I just I can't see how they don't make at least one move yeah absolutely man I they I think they've got to um that really that kind of sums it up on the trade market I mean there will be a ton of teams that'll be vying to to upgrade their rosters switch some some rotational pieces here and there um but that's really it. We've got some streaks going on right now. We've got two perfect streaks. Um, you know, 10 gamers. That's what we really focus on. The Grizzlies, 10-game winning streak. John Morant, like we said at the top of this segment, he has been an absolute show. That team around him is absolutely phenomenal. The fact that they're doing it without a guy like Dylan Brooks um, is just even better. The fact that they're, like, I think 11-2 and two without John Morant this season is something else that's to behold. They've officially taken that third spot in the Western Conference, a game up on Utah. Man, this team. We're watching something special, Matt. I honestly believe that at this point in time. The the odds of this team getting together, the, the NBA lottery changing so that they could get John Morant at like a 6% chance, Desmond Bain the next year with the 30th overall pick, absolutely lighting up the league right now. They got 10 straight wins. And a lot of it has to do with jaw, but a lot of it is just the team in general. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been unreal this season, especially since they flipped him to the five and started letting him play there almost exclusively full-time, right? Like, De'Anthony Melton, they traded they traded Javon Carter for this guy. I was asking Matt, he doesn't know who Javon Carter is. I know who Javon Carter is because he's that guy that you randomly trade in 2K when, you, when you're trying to pull all your trades together to make the Grizzlies work. But, like, the fact this team has come together, the fact that they're so young and they're already on a tear, I love it, man. Vancouver Grizzlies, let's go all the way, man. <laughs> it's absolutely been phenomenal for them. Um, flipping Jaron Jackson Jr. to the five has been key. Uh, it's it's just the right thing to do. The guy's a big body, and in today's day and age, where you don't have to match up with a seven foot two guy every single night on the other end, a seven yep. foot two, three hundred pound guy, you can be six eleven, two fifty, and and be a dominant center in the NBA today. So he, that's what he is, and that's what he's proving. Um, there, you're right. They're just a, a wild, wild roster. And Desmond Bain over Malachi Flynn. Oh, sad. Uh, I'm so just sad. getting rumors, apparently, that Cam Reddish requested out of Atlanta. 
is what I'm yeah. reading. So just bringing that up really quickly before we Dude, go back. Dude, probably to for some more time. Like yep. we talked about, they're just stacked up when it comes to those kinds of players. But um, yeah, last last comment about the Grizzly, just to get it in, is just like I hope that they stay relevant. I hope they stay healthy, and I hope people respect the fact that they probably have the deepest bench in the NBA right now, and it's not even close. That ten two comment that you made, there's a reason they went on it because they were just so they just know how to play good team basketball together and i'm really looking forward to see this grizzlies team play i'm looking forward to playoff grizzlies basketball because let's not forget matt that they played the jazz in the first round last season as the team that snuck in with the eighth seed and while we didn't expect anything from them josh still put in work in that series so it's gonna be exciting to see what they can do with home court advantage because matt it's looking like they're getting it absolutely man I, i don't see dallas catching them or the nuggets uh, they're so banged up. Nikola Jokic is definitely getting snubbed for another MVP. Disrespected, underrated, whatever you want to call this man. He's the best center in the NBA. Sorry, Joel Embiid, take a seat. It's Nikola Jokic. Easily. All right, nothing else that I have in my book. We can save anything else for recent weeks. Let's do a little Raptors chat the before ten, we get out of here. Ten-game losing streak for the Magic. We just have to bring oh, that up. Magic are doing right. their thing. 7-35. and 35. Mm. Let's get there, boys. I totally forgot that that makes sense that it would be the Magic that are on the 10-game streak. Let's go Tank Fest! Exactly. All right, man, you want to do some Raptors talk? I mean, we had a a 2-1 week this week. We beat the the Jazz and the Pelicans. In a tight, tight, tight game against the Suns, we almost pulled that out, man. Good week, though. I mean, I was honestly watching that Suns game. I was expecting the streak to continue. I was expecting the boys to play. Let's not forget, though, no Gary Trent Jr. against the Pelicans notice how our scoreline started to shrink and then against the suns no scotty no gary trent jr we started utah and i i love my boy utah guys did not have a good start to the game he played 15 minutes he took like four shots missed everything did not play well he just had hustle and so like inner me was crying but yeah close close game against the suns i mean you look at it all the games that we've played recently this team is honestly on fire they're on a bit of a tear the chemistry is there siakam was going off i don't love his shooting splits this week i mean he took 22 shots made half of them and in, in against the jazz he took 18 shots against the pelicans the guy took way too many shots against the suns i want to say but like we're playing great basketball we're a good team and we're in the playoff race matt i love to see it man we're thoroughly in the thick of the playoff race we're trying to fight to get out of that play-in round it's going to be tough with teams like cleveland and charlotte above us and philly um and teams like boston and new york behind us and atlanta if they can figure it out get right at the trade deadline we saw how good they could be last year we do have you know some some a pretty big week coming up we've got four games here i could see us going two and two i could see us going one and three three and one would be fantastic 4-0 would be perfect, but those are kind of pipe dreams at this point. Compared to the last two weeks that we went through, which has had our big streak in it, this is a true test, right? Like, we get a a nice little underhand throw with the Pistons on Friday, which, guess what? The Raptors don't always do well with nice little underhand throws. So this actually makes it a tough week. Because then you follow the Pistons up. this year. Let's not talk about that that <laughs> loss that we went on because it was early and it was painful, Matt. I still feel it inside, right? But then the next day we have to play the Bucks, which they're starting to get healthy and they're still going on a tear. And Giannis is Giannis, so that's a tough win. And then two days later to play the Heat, and then two days later after that to play the Mavs. And let's not forget the fact that all four of these games are on the road. 
it's a daunting week ahead of us, Matt. I believe in the boys. I would love a 2-2 or a 3-1. I'm looking forward to see if we can make it happen. But, man, it's going to be a toughie, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something we can do. I think the boys, they they need to get a little bit healthier. I mean, Barnes is a little nicked up. Um, but we've got our full rotation back almost just about. And when we do, we're a great team. Yeah. Um, Fred Van Vliet's been playing god-tier basketball. I don't know if you saw that Simu Liu tweet the other day. Uh, he tweeted out, you know, just casting my ballot for Fred Van Vliet because he's playing god-tier basketball. I know I have a few times. This man deserves to be on the NBA All-Star team. He deserves to be a starter, in my opinion. I don't know if you could name a better point guard in the Eastern Conference today, right now. Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week. During our 4-0 stretch, just saying, the guy's been on a tear. Freddie, I mean, we've mentioned it many times. This is his team. This is his opportunity to roll a team into the playoffs and see what he can do as the guy. Because I'm sorry, Siakam, you may be a... Are you a better scorer than Fred? But this is Fred's team at the end of the day. And yes, he deserves to be an all-star. Yes, he deserves all of these things. Come on, people, vote Fred in. Let's do this. The The issue that, that happens with Fred Van Vliet and the Eastern Conference is how guard-heavy the Eastern Conference can be. Like when you have Levine and DeMar on the Bulls. Yep. Okay, that's already two deserving all-star spots right there. And then you got Harden and Kyrie. Well, Harden probably deserves it mostly by name and reputation, not necessarily play this year. Kyrie's going to get it because people love him. Um, yep. And then you've got Kyle Lowry, um, Jimmy Butler, both deserving players. Uh, Drew Holiday. Um, got Darius Garland, who's playing out of his mind in Cleveland. LaMelo Ball, who's playing great in Charlotte. So many good players. Uh, Bradley Beal. Um, Trey Young. Like There are so many good guards in the Eastern Conference. Today, though, right now, the way Fred Van Vliet is playing, I would still take him. I saw this stat the other day. And it was like the last 11 NBA games. Um, I think Fred Van Vliet is leading the NBA in three-pointers made. He has like 51 or 53, and the next closest guy is like 43. The guy went he's 8 for 17 two, against He the missed two games. Yeah. He's only played nine <laughs> compared to those guys' 11, and he still has more threes. He's been unbelievable. I've um, definitely been seeing more of the box scores that I like out of Fred, you know? You know, that Pelicans game, he did go 11 for 27, not the box score I like to see, you know, but I'm really happy for Fred at this point in time. You know, the, the Jazz, he went on a tear. I, I don't know if you were watching, but he went on a 15-0 run against the Jazz in the third quarter to pull us back against a team that had no Mitchell, no Conley, no Gobert, no Rudy Gay, no Clarkson, no Bogdan. Do I have to keep going? We played a G League yeah. team, and if not for Fred's historics, it wouldn't have been a 122-108 blowout. It would have been a 109-108 winning Fred Van Vliet shot because he's that, he's that good at the game of basketball. Right like, now. There's a reason we were on a tear, you know, and it was a lot to do with the whole team being good together. But a, the majority of that comes from Fred Van Vliet to start. Dude, it's like when our best teams uh, with Kyle and DeMar, it wasn't necessarily DeMar as the lead player. It was Kyle who was setting everything up. But everybody knows who the better scorer was. Everybody yeah. knows DeMar is the better scorer. In a one-on-one -on -one game, who are you taking? You're taking DeMar. But this isn't a one-on-one -on -one game. It's not two-on-two. -two. It's a game of five-on-five -five basketball. And when your point guard is elite at, at being a floor general, we've seen it with Chris, 
Chris Paul and the the Suns, yeah. right? They finally got an elite floor general to set everything up. They had all the talent. They had all the pieces. They couldn't win games. They have an elite player to set everything up. Now they're the best team in the league. Um, That's what it's insert about. Insert every team LeBron has gone to <laughs> that has been good because they have an elite floor. You know what I mean? But Bro, the ones that have um, been like mediocre, he's still... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But They got so no like, talent, but he makes them good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. So Anything else for the Raps, Matt? Do you want to talk about are we going to see a Boucher move or a Drogic move or should we wait till next week? Can we speculate on it? Should we wait? Like I don't know at this point. We'd probably see them move. They're the most likely pieces to move, but hey, man, I don't know what we're getting for them at this point. As long as the starting five that we love is untouchable, and also please don't sell Utah. Anyways, that, that's my only request from the boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. I think we're good to wrap it up with some hot takes, missing predictions. Um, because you're in the NFL this week, I'm going to go to the NBA. I picked you know, my second favorite team in the Lakers. Um, they got my boy LeBron, who's been out of his mind good. They're going to go 0-3 this week. They play Denver, Utah, and the Pacers. I have no faith in this team that just lost to the Sacramento Kings last night. Yeah, 0-3 week. Poor LeBron. Oh. He'll probably average 30-10-10, but it's not going to be enough. Man, it's insane. I was watching a video the other day about like when Westbrook gets a triple-double, his team wins like 70 or like 60% of its games. And I was just like... Man, it's crazy because like when he doesn't get a triple double, they win like forty percent of his games, fifty percent of his games, and it's just like there's so many things for the Lakers right now, and it's sad to watch them lose games because they were doing really good. There was a point where they were like twenty one and eighteen, and I was like, hey, look at you, LeBron, you getting your team back into the playoffs, but no, nah, man, it's unfortunate for them. So o three, we'll see if it happens. We'll see. O three. All right, Kevin. Okay, well, let's see the NFL take. So, Matt's going to get mad at me because of his earlier comments, um, but it's the beginning of, of a beautiful season, a beautiful time. NFL playoffs are here, and I was looking at that Bengals-Raiders matchup, and I love the story, and I and I feel bad for Bengals fans. 31 years without a playoff win is too long. So, we're going to see if we can pull out the magic here today. I'm calling the Bengals, man. They're a fun team. They're exciting. I want to see them more to continue in the playoffs. So, for me, the Raiders are falling this Sunday. Hey, man. Saturday. You met Lachlan. You remember my friend Lachlan. Oh, yeah. He's a big Bengals fan. I'm sure oh, he's going that. Oh, Lachlan, I'm doing this for you, my man. 31 years, your entire life. Too long, you're getting a playoff win. Oh, man, so true, so true. All right, my friend, anything else, or shall we roll? No, nah, man, you're good to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at TheBoardSports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up. Check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.